Good afternoon. This is Annabelle Asher with the Frugal Goddess Show, the show that brings you many ways to live the best life you can with what you have right now. And this afternoon, I have with me Eric Walker, who is a cast iron expert, cast iron cookware, the best stuff in the world to cook in. And he has a Facebook group that has 156,000 members already. So if you want to know more about the subject of this interview and you want to look it up on Facebook, just go to Cast Iron Cooking and pick out the group, not the page, that has 156,000 members, and you'll go right there. And so, um, good evening, Eric. Hi there. So I was wondering, how did you get into Cast Iron to begin with? Well, um, I know there are people who have been uh, cooking their their whole lives and cooking in cast iron their whole lives, and I am not either of those. <laughs> I can actually practically name the date in which I uh, suddenly caught the cooking bug, and that was the time when I cooked my very first steak in a cast iron pan for the first time. It was in <laughs> December of 2010, in fact. I cooked it terribly as a matter of fact it still it still turned out delicious but oh I, I could tell you about that but I don't want to bore your listeners <laughs> however um, it was pretty much at the same time then that I caught the cooking bug and uh, was interested in learning more about cast iron and uh, what can I say it just hooked me and it, it uh, grew from there. I learned uh, almost immediately one of the things that many uh, users and owners of cast iron uh, discovered and that is that cast iron just seems to multiply by itself. It's like I started out with one cast iron pan and then, then, and then came two and then next thing I knew I woke up one day and I had ten and it just kept going and going from there. <laughs> so uh, I would um, I guess you could say I had the enthusiasm of a newbie, and I still do, in fact, which is why um, in April of 2011, I set out to uh, form a uh, Facebook uh, page about this, uh, because there didn't seem to be anything on Facebook at that time, and I started a page called Cast Iron Cooking, and it seems as though people just came out of the woodwork. It's as though there's some mystique about cast iron that just draws people in. And so uh, the group uh, really took off pretty much from the moment it started. Um, though in um, 2012, Facebook did something stupid and they imposed a new setup called a timeline on all of their pages. And it was because of that, um, if anybody runs a Facebook page these days, you'll know that there's only one person who is actually allowed to post to the front of the page, and that is the page owner. Everybody else is shuffled off to the side. That's not what I wanted uh, with my group. I wanted it to be a group where everyone was equal and everyone could post uh, pretty much anything they wanted and be seen by everyone. So in July of 2012, I had to close the page completely and restarted as a Facebook group, which again was called Cast Iron Cooking. And yet and you got up to 156,000 people, which is, on Facebook is really amazing to get that many people to do anything. And that leads me to wonder what is so great about Cast Iron? What is it that attracts people? There seems 
seems to be a mystique about cast iron and specifically about cast iron um, that uh, really draws people in. And I think it's partly the sense of history to it or the sense of knowing that when you uh, cook in one of these uh, pans, you know that you have something that, that will last forever as long as you take care of it. And... Uh, it's also uh, really a joy to know that for a lot of people that they are actually cooking in family heirlooms. There are a large number of people out there who can say that they own a cast iron pan that, that belonged to their grandmother or their great-grandmother or perhaps even before that. And you, ju you just don't hear about people in their, leaving in their will, leaving their uh, Teflon and their organic pans to, uh, to their uh, heirs. <laughs> but it's not the same with cast cast iron um it's it's again it's i can only describe it as some kind of a mystique it's almost mystical that people are just drawn to it i mean for instance as well could you say you've ever heard of a uh, facebook group for people who cook in copperware um i know that i haven't absolutely not and i actually did have uh in my my late husband had a couple of cast iron pans that came across on a prairie schooner with his great-grandmother from minnesota and those went to his daughter so i don't have those anymore but uh yeah it's it's something those pants must have been 150 years old at that point and they still work great in fact they work better it seems like the older it is the better it works a lot of people say that as well, and they would prefer the older vintage pans to the ones that uh, are sold in the stores today. The ones that you can buy today are still terrific for cooking with, but um, um, they don't have really the sense of history that you have from, a, from a digging up a true antique. And I suppose that even ties into uh, really the subject of your own uh, Facebook group as far as frugal living is concerned, because, I mean, really, it's... This would probably be the epitome or the, the best expression you can have of, of, uh, of uh, frugality in regards to uh, cooking in the kitchen. Because what can you say? About, I mean, is there any better example uh, than being able to uh, go to a flea market and pay pennies or perhaps even dig out of a trash bin uh, for a piece of cookware that once it's cooked, it, that's once it's cleaned up, um, it, this is going to be probably uh, the best pan that you've ever cooked with. It's going to last the rest of your life, and there's a good possibility that uh, it could uh, be, as you said already, 100 or 150 years old or more and still going strong. Are, are there particular states that have more vintage cast iron, do you know? I mean, is it well distributed across the country? Like if I wanted to find a source of really good old cast, where would I go? Most people would say to head towards the American South for that. Um, while there were um, some <clears throat> iron makers in the North, I mean, notably around the Erie and Ohio uh, areas, um, it seems as though the South, uh, the American South, still is a uh, good has a good treasure trove of vintage cast iron. Um, you could start in, say, uh, the Appalachians of New York and work your way southward, for instance, and you probably 
that's the best way you could say you are in cast iron country. It also may not be a coincidence that those areas of the country are uh, known for having those gigantic multi-state uh, sales, the highway sales, like the 127 uh, sale or the uh, – or yeah, or oh, I can't even think of the name of it. But there are a lot of um, – a lot of gigantic uh, annual uh, sales of all kinds where people can uh, travel for hundreds of miles and see uh, people uh, really selling just about everything on the, um, on the side of the road. And that's a good place to uh, look for cast iron. Um, I also happen to be lucky enough to live in Massachusetts here, which is the home of the uh, three times per year Brimfield Antique Show, uh, which is probably one of the largest uh, antique fairs in the entire country where you can literally find anything you're looking for, and that certainly does include vintage cast iron. I've made a couple of good scores from there myself. But even so... Um, a lot of people will tell you that uh, they live in an area where they say cast iron seems to be rare or impossible to find. I just can't keep. I just can't find any, even though I've been looking for a long time. But well, you never know when or where you're going to find it. But it seems to happen to everybody at one time or another. So keep your eyes open and go to garage sales and make sure you're ready to buy it when you see it. Or if you have to, you could buy a new, is it Lodge that makes the new ones? Is that the only company? No, Lodge isn't the only company. They're the most famous and, yeah, they're the most popular, partly because they're the last uh, major cast iron manufacturer left in the USA. Every other company um, is now using uh, imported cast iron, which is not a bad thing. But, of course, you know, there are a lot of people who would like to buy local, and Lodge is certainly uh, – the best way to do that. Um, if there was a recommendation I would make for a person's very first cast iron pan, I would in fact suggest you can go to TJ Maxx or Marshalls um, and look for a large 12-inch skillet. Uh, that um, TJ Maxx is probably where I've seen the best price for this. Typically, it's like around $15 or so, and it's brand new. Um, and the 12-inch size is the perfect size uh, to get for a large, you know, for a modern-day uh, cast iron pan because, um, well, number one, it gives you plenty of cooking space. It's, very, it's extremely heavy. It'll last forever, of course. Um, and it's a good way for you to start uh, learning and practicing uh, cooking in cast iron. And the reason why I recommend a large 12-inch pan bought brand new is, well, one, because it's cheap. If you can't find it at Marshall's, you can find it at Target or Walmart for less than $20. And two, if you do go looking um, for um, through the uh, treasure hunt, as we say, uh, for, um, you know, for older vintage or used cast iron, you're a lot more likely to find smaller pans, maybe 10-inch pans, 8-inch pans, or even smaller. Um, and it's much harder to find an older large pan uh, in the used market. It can be it can be done. They are out there, but it, um, they can be take a long time to find one. So you might want to first go and buy a brand new 12-inch uh, lodge pan and use that while you're out scouring for uh, older uh, cast iron. So let's say I get the lodge pan because I couldn't find one in the vintage market and I bring it home 
and I'm ready to start using it. But I think there is a step in between, something about seasoning. So what's the first thing you do when you want to season? Okay. Uh, Actually, for about the last 10 to 15 years, Logic has produced pre-seasoned pans in that if you buy it brand new at the store, you can actually start cooking with it right away. Although a lot, although cast iron users on our group usually say that this is really not a very good seasoning, and while it works, it is better to season it yourself. Uh, there are two major important reasons why seasoning a cast, a cast iron pan is essential, whether it's new or used. Uh, number one, it protects against rust, uh, because cast iron can rust easily um, if it's not used for a long period of time or it's uh, subjected to moisture or the like. Um, that uh, A layer of seasoning protects against rust. And it also gives your pan that non-stick coating that it's legendary for. Um, a very well-used cast iron pan um, can be really as smooth as practically as smooth as, as any Teflon uh, pan, and, and, and again, you can cook anything with it. But um, without with, the chemicals in Teflon. Well, yes, that, there is that. <laughs> um, though uh, seasoning a uh, cast iron pan is also uh, a simple process, and it, and it uh, costs next to nothing, because all you have to do is coat your uh, pan, the entire pan, not just the cooking surface, but top, bottom, and every inch of the pan, with a very thin layer <clears throat> of oil or grease. Um, and this is one of the great holy wars taking place among the uh, cast iron community in that what is the best way to season a cast iron pan? If you ask, in, if you ask ten different cast iron users uh, what the best way is to season a pan, you'll get t uh, twelve to fifteen answers, and probably all of them will be right, because um, really there is no one single way to season a cast iron pan. Some people use vegetable oil, some use bacon grease or lard, some use coconut oil, some use this newfangled flaxseed oil uh, seasoning, um, and they all work. Um, it seems like almost on a case-by-case -case basis as to which one will work best. So the best I could say is to go ahead and uh, use the method that works best for you. Do you put it in the oven at, on a low temperature and leave it there for a period of time? or something along those lines? Actually, it's better to do it at a, at a high temperature. Um, there are several guides out there that say the uh, temperature could be uh, 250, 300, or 350 degrees in your oven. And we found from experience on our Facebook group that higher temperatures are actually better because what you're really doing is you are literally burning a layer of carbon onto the pan. And so you have to be sure that you're at a temperature higher than the smoke point of the oil that you're using. So um, uh, I personally find a, a higher temperature of between 400 to 500 degrees is better to uh, to do that, to season my pan. The easy way then is just give your pan a good uh, coating of, of oil or shortening or grease or lard or what you like. Um, and it doesn't have to be a thick coating either. It doesn't have to be dripping with it, just enough to give it a sheen. Then you just put it into the uh, oven uh, upside down at about 400 or 425 degrees for an hour and let it cool off, and you're done. That's a basic seasoning for a cast iron pan, and you can start cooking with it right away. Here is where um, most of our uh, 
people on our face group would then say, then start cooking a bunch of bacon in it, and, <laughs> and then more bacon, and then more bacon. <laughs> yes. So that um, keeps seasoning it as you cook all that bacon, which sounds like a great idea, but I'm thinking that that part of the care there seems to be agreement about, but I think I remember hearing that there was quite a bit of disagreement about the other part of cast iron can, which is care, which is keeping it clean. So tell me about the, any problems and conflicts in the keeping it clean department. (laughs) Once again, this is one of those questions that if you, if you, if you ask, no one will ever agree with you on this. It's the great soap war. Do you use soap or do you not use soap? I personally don't use soap um, because I <clears throat> do want my pan to build up a, a good layer of seasoning. And so that means I do want it to keep building up a more and more of a layer, yeah, more and more layers as I keep using it. Soap is basically a degreaser. And uh, so it can be harder to build up a thick layer of seasoning on pan with soap. Um, as, uh, there are people who do uh, use uh, soap and dishwashing. Uh, did, uh, well, no, not dishwashing liquid, actually. That's an yeah, entirely another story. But, uh, Even worse. Soap or, uh, detergent <laughs> on a pan um, yeah, on a regular basis, and they say it still works fine. Again, the best thing to do is find the method that works best for you. Uh, as I said, I find it's just fine to simply, uh, when I'm done cooking, I uh, use a nice risk scrub uh, to get all of the grit off of it. Uh, then I, I do wash it under uh, just running uh, warm to hot water, uh, scrape off all of the grit, and then uh, put it on, turn my stovetop burner on and uh, and dry it out at no more than just a low heat for about maybe 10 minutes or so to get it completely bone dry. Then from there, I give it a another uh, quick wipe with, uh, with Crisco shortening, and um, that's it. It's done. And it just keeps layering and layering. And I think there's a name for that chemical process that creates that nice, solid, shiny bottom. But I can't remember what it is. I read it somewhere, and now I can't remember. But that's just one of those things. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I, I don't know the uh, technical term either. I will say that. Uh, we, but we, it's just seasoning, just uh, caring for your pan. There are a couple of things as well, especially for uh, new newcomers uh, they may uh, questions that come up and these are good questions one is what about germs bacteria if you're not using soap what um, why um, how can you keep the pan clean and the answer to that is that uh, it's not the soap that kills the germs um, rather heating the pan up at a high temperature as you are cooking that will kill any uh, germs or bacteria and give and uh, really sterilize your pan so cooking at a high heat is a good thing for that reason you are cooking on a clean pan by heating it up and that makes it safe so what about cooking things in it that have acid in them, like uh, tomato sauce or uh, red wine? Does that conflict with the the underlying metal and give a funny taste, or is that okay? Oh, well, yes, you are exactly right. Um, 
acidic foods, things with high foods with high amounts of acid, like tomatoes or vinegar, or like you said, red wine. They can affect the seasoning of a pan and break it down, and um, and that can actually that is what causes the food to become gray, you know, not not very appealing gray, and it can even put a metallic taste in the into the food. It's still safe. It's not iron. It's not toxic or anything like that. It will, you know, it's still safe. But of course, people don't like eating it with a taste like that. Um, as it is said that if you have a really well seasoned pan, you know, one we're talking like months or years even of seasoning, then you can even cook tomatoes with it on a regular basis. Uh, with a brand new pan, like say a brand new uh, seasoned pan from the store, that's probably not going to work very well. It will likely break down the seasoning and discolor it. Um, for the in instances like that, it, um, you may actually want to use a pan that is not bare cast iron. Yes, I said it. There are reasons not to use bare cast iron. <laughs> like maybe an enamel pan like a La Crusade or something like that. <laughs> That's one possibility, yes. And there are enamel cast iron pans out there that are also wonderful for cooking with. I have uh, several of those myself as well. You know, they're very beautiful, very good to look at. And, um, and again, they are useful for things like that. I've, uh, a couple of, um, uh, as in, as in uh, t uh, a person of Italian descent, I do regularly make uh, my family's home, uh, recipe for homemade pasta sauce. And yes, I do use an, an enameled cast iron pan for that. You know, I think that the thing that makes the Bare cast iron and the enamel, one of the things that makes it so good is that even cooking. I think that's a quality of that metal that it just holds the heat in a beautiful, even way. So you can cook something for on a low simmer for hours and hours, and it works beautifully like a crock pot. That's almost. absolutely true. That's one of the best things, if not the best thing all around of uh, cooking in cast iron. Um, it does take a long time to heat up the pan, and that's another thing I think that newcomers uh, do need to learn, and especially today where we expect instant results from anything, you know, microwave or thin pans that heat up immediately. If you heat up a uh, cast iron pan on your stove top, for instance, first of all, you are going to get hot spots right over the flame or the uh, burner. That will become hotter than the sides of the pan, and there, and um, and that can uh, make it more difficult. So it is better to uh, just uh, heat your pan up low and slow for a good long time, even just a few minutes, for instance, uh, in order to uh, even in order for it to uh, heat out more evenly. But once you're at that point, then as you say, uh, there's really nothing better. Um, you know, you. For uh, long-term slow cooking, or especially for uh, high-temperature searing, I mean, as you as you know, like for instance, steak seared in a cast iron skillet is probably one of the best things you will ever taste. Except, of course, for the people who say that grilling a steak is the best thing you'll, you'll ever taste. So you can actually make meats like steak on the stovetop with a cast iron pan. Oh, definitely. Uh, there and. Here's where you can go to your, your old friend YouTube, and you'll probably find about 2,000 videos of people uh, making steaks, of which uh, I'd say about 1,000 of those will be on a grill. Probably about another uh, 750 will be in cast iron. Oh, and how about baking? Oh, baking is, is 
again, is nothing better. Um, I mean, for instance, all you have to do is say the magic word, cornbread. And anybody will tell you that cornbread must be baked in a cast iron skillet. There's just no other way to do it to get that, that you know, to get the crust that you want. But, uh, yes, I mean, anything you will uh, will bake wonderful in cast iron. I have a cast iron bunt pan that I make, that I make uh, cakes with, and, uh, and I've managed to develop a routine so that it always comes out of the pan with no sticking. Um, yes, even a bare cast iron pan, you can do that. Uh, yeah, but you name it, cakes, pies, um, cobblers, desserts of any kind, not to mention, of course, soups, stews, um, there's, there is nothing that cannot be cooked in cast iron, and, and as anyone on our group will tell you, cast iron simply makes it better. I do my chicken, roast chicken, and um, roast chicken breasts, and salmon all in cast iron, because it's just my go-to, that's just what I grab. And I'm I'm wondering back to finding it again. So you could actually, if you looked, find square cast iron bakers and things like that for square cakes and things, um, different yes, shapes. You, I'm sorry. Yes, you can. Um, they are not as common to find as the skillets, admittedly, but they can be found. And a lot of them are available, even brand new, enameled and bare. Um, you can go to Amazon, for instance, and uh, you can get just about any. Uh, shape or size pan you want, whether it's bare or enameled. Most of it will be Asian-made, and there's actually nothing wrong with that. Um, but um, Or you, you may get lucky and find something in the uh, vintage treasure hunt, so you never know. Well, I remember um, seeing little corn-shaped things that were cast iron a long time ago. I wish I'd grabbed them and kept them. Oh, corn stick pans. Those are also very popular. They still make them, and they're actually easy to find, even even in the vintage route. Um, yeah, I have one, um, and they're you know they're they're nice to look at, and you can make cornbread or or other things with them. Like for instance, picture brownies or cookies for your for your kids, for instance. So that is really incredibly versatile. I'm not really that surprised that it's that popular. When you have something that has a tradition that's that old, it's American. It's real American food. I don't know about other countries, but I know that our tradition goes back a couple hundred years. So, Well, we're lucky here in the United States specifically compared to really anywhere else in the world. I mean, here, again, cast iron is so commonplace that you can find it at yard sales for pennies. But if you go really anywhere else, in Europe, for instance, uh, most of the vintage cast iron was unfortunately lost during the great metal drives of uh, World War One and World War Two, And over in the Far East, well, I know in Asia, of course, it's easy to find. But uh, we have quite a few members on our group. Facebook group from Australia, and there, cast iron is definitely at a premium, so they uh, it's usually pretty high-priced, and so whatever they manage to acquire there is very valuable. So we're, we're a group of people being in the United States that are able to partake in a centuries-old tradition that also happens to be one of the best cooking methods, and you said it takes a little bit longer, you have to wait for the pan to heat up and so on, but... That seems to me to be a much better approach to food in general. I mean, it's not really slow food. Really slow food is takes all day, and I guess you could cook something all day in a in a cast iron pan, but you could also do fast little stir fries, and it takes the place of a walk. I mean, in my house it does anyhow. 
Well, it doesn't even have to take a place of a walk. Uh, there are many cast iron walks out there, too. <laughs> and actually, I love doing cat uh, stir fries in my walk. Uh, a skillet is great for stir fries, no question about that, especially if you've got a nice big one, like I'd mentioned, that 12-inch lodge. Um, on, the, on the other hand, if you want to splurge, or even if you get lucky, you could even come across, well, again, uh, a cast iron walk, either... A, vintage, a genuine oriental walk, which is usually thin, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's great for those stir, you know for those uh, for those Chinese stir fries. Or on in my case, in my kitchen, I have this huge made by lodge, thick cast iron wok that sits on my uh, electric stove top, and. If I may digress about that, that's something I think I should mention as well, especially for stir-fries, is that uh, I have an electric stove, I'm sorry to say. It's, I don't have a gas stove. Um, and what, not only that, it's not it's not a very good electric stove. It's a, it's a typical one. And like most of these electric stoves here in the U.S., you simply cannot get the great blasting heat uh, that you want if you're going to do an oriental stir-fry. You know how if anybody knows anything about uh, wok cooking, you know you have to do it at really, really high heat in order to be able to sear your food very quickly. Well, fortunately, with a thick cast iron wok, you can do that. Um, I just, all I have to do is simply... Uh, Take my time, like you said. Uh, leave my walk on my uh, stove top for well, maybe about fifteen minutes or so, and and then it is actually hot enough to do some real stir frying. So, um, it's I guess it's an American way to get around the problem of what do you do if you have a wimpy stove like mine. So it's a yeah, pan sir. that could actually take care of a problem in the stove, which is pretty amazing to oh, be yes. able to overcome that using the power of the pan over the unfortunate qualities of the electric heat in the stove, <laughs> you know, because yes. I'm funny about my stoves being gas, but I'm really lucky to have that here, even though it's propane. When I first moved in here, there was a terrible electric stove. I, I, I gave it a bad name. And finally, I just insisted that a new stove be put in that was what I wanted. So, you know, it actually has some power. But I remember what it was like to try to mess with that thing it just it wouldn't do any of the things the stove should do like heat things properly or maintain an even temperature you know things like that <laughs> so oh, that's that's another reason why I love my cast iron is that it helps me uh, overcome that little handicap because, well, like many people today, I live in an apartment building. I don't have my own home, I'm sorry to say. Um, and, but fortunately, as a cast iron owner, I really enjoy cooking and um, – well, so do my neighbors. <laughs> so you could turn out meals that are world class, no, even though you you don't have. What well, people think the stove is the most important thing, but it's pretty clear that skill and the right cookware can go very long ways towards you know getting it right. Unquestionably, it's um, it's it's really a matter of having the right tools for the job, and this certainly helps. So I'm wondering what the very, you said 12 inches. I've seen really big lodge pans in the local fancy cookware store and a couple of other places. How big can you actually go with the skillets? You can get pretty darn big. And 12 inches isn't even anywhere near the top end of the scale. It's probably the most common, though, because and it's 
it's especially because it's so common that you can buy one at Walmart for 20 bucks or less. But if you have a need for something larger, you can get, well, as I said, pretty darn big. Um, let me see. Probably the most common size large cast iron skillet out there. Uh, we could get it to a 15-inch skillet, which actually um, there's a good reason, two good reasons to have something as huge as that. Number one, 15-inch skillet is the world's best pizza pan. You can cook a huge pizza in one of those in your oven. Even if it won't fit on the stovetop, it'll fit into the oven. And number two, come Thanksgiving, it's also the world's best turkey roasting pan. <laughs> oh, yes. Nice and even and easy to get into and baste. And yes, and it'll definitely hold probably an 18-pound bird, I would say, 15 inches. Oh, e easily. In fact, come Thanksgiving, my biggest worry isn't even uh, the pan. It's collapsing the racks of my oven with all of that weight. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Almost have to take them all out and put it on the very bottom. But I don't know if you can do that with an electric or, well, know, yeah, I've, I've, I've found a way to get around that. I actually use some plumbing pipe and uh, jury rig my own uh, heavy-duty stands for it. So, <laughs> But uh, even so, uh, 15 inches is still not as big as you can you can go. You can get even bigger. Uh, there are these huge round pans that uh, that have small lifting handles rather than a, a long extended handle. And we're talking like 17 inches or even 20 inches, which again is too big to fit even in most people's stoves. But they can, there are still uses for those. Campfire. <laughs> That's that's uh, probably the most popular reason, yes. I mean, for, if you go camping and you have one of those, you'll be able to feed the entire campground. And that's, <laughs> that's another thing is that I have found that, yeah, um, you know, it is a good idea, really, for any family or household to have at least one huge cast iron pan. Maybe that big, maybe not that big, but something really big for a couple of reasons. Number one is if you have something that big, you will find yourself going out of your way to find excuses to use it. <laughs> like I said, making pizza or uh, Thanksgiving dinners, but you'll also become quite popular in your in your circle of your neighborhood or social circle or the like, because you'll be known as the person who has the big iron pot or the big iron pan. And then we're talking things like, oh, say, church gatherings, we're talking like uh, cookouts, um, beach parties, um, people, uh, Boy Scouts will want to uh, borrow borrow your uh, stuff. In any way, it's a, you know, it's a great way to uh, socialize. So if you can't play the guitar, having the big pan is the next best thing. <laughs> <laughs> because it makes you like a popular person, and I bet if you could put something good in it, that would make you even more popular. Oh, yes, and it's so easy to uh, cook something amazing in a, in a huge cast iron pot. I mean, that's one of the secrets I learned how to, when I actually learned how to cook. Like I said, it's only been a few years for me. And um, that's really the great secret that we know. And cooking is easy. The vast majority of it is so easy. I mean, yes, there are really, really intricate dishes that uh, those uh, professional chefs do, but if you're just cooking for family or friends or fun, it's easy. So much of it is. 
and, and that's and that I think is uh, really the reason, the biggest reason why I'm why I'm into cast iron cooking is that it's so fun. Well, you know, I I wrote a book recently about getting really good healthy food for less money. Uh, it's about eating well and not breaking the bank doing it. And uh, writing the book made me realize that kids today, or even Generation X people, even even some boomers never learned how to cook anything. We were taught not to cook almost. I guess the boomers, that's my generation, were the last ones that kind of got a little bit of instruction before they left home. The rest of them, they go get takeout, they go to fast food, and they buy boxes and microwaves them. And I think they're afraid of doing it wrong or somehow it won't come out the right way or it'll be too much work. And I'm thinking cast iron might be the answer as an entry level into the whole process of cooking because it's so forgiving and you can make so many things. It can be easy. Don't try to be crazy and make it fancy. Just put something in the cast iron pan and turn it on and see what happens. And it will work. Chances are it will work. I mean, it, it is so easy. And like you said, um, it is, um, it's a great way for beginners to start out in learning to cook. I mean, again, it, I was like that only a few years ago. I would have told you that I could not cook to save my life. And it was learning how to cook a steak in a cast iron pan that uh, really, uh, you know, uh, that I caught the cooking bug with that. And it's uh, this, I guess, comes back to my Facebook group as to why we're so popular. I think that one of the biggest reasons why we have so many people here is that we love newcomers. We're, I mean, the vast majority of the people on our group are just people who just cook for friends or, and family, and especially family, <laughs> and for fun. We do have a few professional chefs on our, our group, but they mostly keep a low profile. And it, every single day, and I mean Every day, we hear from new people, people who are just learning to cook, not just learning to cook in cast iron, but are just learning to cook. And it's uh, this is one of the things I love about our Facebook group is that it's so friendly and encouraging. You, I mean, if you've never cooked before, you can come to our Facebook group and we will be more than happy to welcome you with open arms and offer you tips. And, uh, and typically what we see is... Two things. A person will first come and say, hi, I'm uh, brand new to cooking. And then number two, and the first thing we're making is pizza. It seems to be a, a ritual. It's like you introduce yourself and make a pizza in cast iron. And, of course, once you find out how easy it is to make pizza in cast iron and how and uh, how cheap it is, there we go. We're talking about frugality here. It's like when you start making pizza in cast iron, well, not only will your kids eat it, but you will find yourself no long, if not completely giving up ordering pizza, your uh, your takeout pizza bill will drop way, way down. Yeah, I don't see why anybody would go get takeout when they can make it themselves. That's just, it, once you learn how good it is. So I'm wondering, are there recipes exchanged on the, on the Facebook group? Is that part of it? We have hundreds of recipes. We have a file section of our uh, Facebook group, which has uh, recipes galore for you to browse. And of course, even outside of our group, there is the there is the World Wide Web. There are thousands, if not millions, of recipes out there for. Be 
beginners and experts alike. Um, if you if you want to make a pizza, you can do it. Whether you use store bought pizza dough or whether you use uh, jarred pizza sauce, um, and then there's really nothing wrong with it. Um, in that, yes, I mean making it from scratch is a lot of fun. And it's actually better. It tastes better. It gets much more of a sense of satisfaction. But if you've never done that before, there is nothing wrong with starting out with uh, jarred pizza sauce and and uh, store bought pizza dough. Because even so, you'll still have a lot of fun, especially if you have kids, cooking your own pizza and. And that's one last thing. I'm sorry. I know I interrupted. No, I, I, I totally agree with that because. I say just do it. If you can't do the whole thing, it gets you the idea that you can do it. I mean, the hardest part is when you actually put something in a pan and apply the heat and you don't know what's going to happen because you've never done it before. So if you have to start with building blocks that you bought from the store, such as the dough and the sauce, you're still doing something that's outside of your box and that you've never done before. And when you find out how easy it is, maybe next time you'll make the sauce or Maybe next time you'll get interested and go, I want a dough recipe and go Google pizza dough and see what comes up. Because, you know, it's not that hard. But if you've never done it, why burden yourself with trying to do everything from scratch? Just do something. And not only that, it's fun. And your kids will eat it. I think we should probably repeat that. Your kids will eat it. Because, I mean, if they make it themselves, they will be much, much more willing to eat it. And that's dealing with kids. I think if you started them out with cast iron as kids, they, they're going to find a lifelong love of, you know, using that kind of very nice, nice and inexpensive piece of equipment. Mostly nice tools cost a lot of money. And so here's something that's a beautiful tool that does exactly what it's supposed to do. And yet it's incredibly affordable. I mean, whether even the old stuff, even if somebody knows what they have and they're not going to let it go really cheaply, it's still not going to break your bank. It's not like going out and buying a new La Crusade Dutch oven and spending $300. You can do a lot better than that. And you never know when you're going to make a score of that kind. And that, if I may uh, interject it, which again comes down to frugality, one of my first and one of my best cast iron scores, I had only been uh, into this hobby for a few months. At a local flea market here in Massachusetts, I just happened to find a huge enameled uh, cast iron pot. And when I looked at the bottom of it at that flea market, it said Le Creuset. Uh, I'm talking, this thing is like about probably 14 inches across. It's probably like a 12-gallon Le Creuset pot. If this were brand new, and admittedly this one didn't have a lid, but if this were brand new, even on Amazon, it would cost you like three to $400. The guy at the flea market sold it to me for six bucks. Oh, oh, you're making me hurt here. <laughs> I want <laughs> one of those. <laughs> I want one of those. I, I guess I have to go to a lot more garage sales with cast iron on my mind if I really want to find what, what we're talking about. Sheer luck, yes. <laughs> However, I mean, a lot of people on the Facebook group will be able to tell you stories of their little scores like that. It does happen, and you never know when it will happen. So I would say be prepared and just keep a lookout and you can get the things you need new and then start looking for the old stuff because it's just nice to have that already seasoned pan that you can tell 
has been around for you know a couple of generations is there's something about it i think you can almost feel the um the stories in the iron oh yes and and what's more um you um Depending on the uh, condition uh, that you end up getting it, it um, you're likely to get it for a real bargain. I mean, it, with, especially with cast iron, you do want to go out of your way and look for the ones, not the ones that are uh, at the antique malls, uh, hanging up on the wall with a seventy or ninety dollar, hundred dollar price tag. This is a Griswold. Griswold is a fantastic uh, pan to cook with. Yes, but you don't ha even have to break the bank on that. You can look in junk stores for the uh, at the bottom shelf, the ones that are covered with rust and with uh, decades and decades of build up the ones that uh, you uh, pick it up and you go ew that's the one you want to get because it's probably going to cost you what would you say two dollars three dollars and all you have to do is clean it up and chances are um after it's cleaned up it will be as good as new it will uh last the rest of your life and even if it does not have a fancy name on it like griswold or wagner or even lodge it will still be fantastic for cooking there uh, um i think our facebook group in fact can definitely be credited with uh, really uh helping with the popularity of those of those unknown and unmarked cast iron pants that they've been making in america for the last hundred years or so they may not have a, a label on them but they are still wonderful for cooking and everybody who owns those i have a, quite a few of them myself um they are they're absolutely wonderful. There's nothing wrong with them, and they will be your everyday users in the kitchen. So you take that rust and you just knock it off with a scrubby and some water and then re-season? Well, th there are methods for uh, removing, um, you know, for uh, restoring a, uh, an old rusty cast iron pan. Uh, and just about all of them are easy and they're cheap. The, um, I think the, your biggest friend in uh, restoring cast iron would be vinegar. We're talking like you know typical white vinegar or cider vinegar. You can buy you can buy cheap white vinegar and uh, just soak a rusty pan in it overnight or maybe a day or so, and that takes care of most of the rust and you are ready to go. Um, on the other hand, there are the uh, ones that are really covered with uh, thick coatings of uh, decades-old seasoning and grit and, and other disgusting things, um, you may want to actually invest in a lye bath. And that's, well, it, it's still not a complicated process. And uh, here we talk about lye, and the, especially these days, there seem to be a lot of people who have phobias about chemicals. But let me reassure uh, folks that lye is, uh, is a very friendly environment environmentally friendly, safe chemical. Yes, it can. It does have to be handled with care. You can burn yourself or really hurt yourself if you if you don't know what you're doing with lye. But if it's handled with care, you know, using gloves and proper precautions and everything like that, lye is safe. It will. Um, it can uh, dissolve just about anything off of your cast iron, and it does not affect cast iron. You could leave your cast iron soaking in a tub of lye for weeks or months, for instance. And, and it wouldn't and make it dissolve. <laughs> 
No, but uh, iron does not react with lye or the, or the other way around. It is completely safe in lye, and um, if, if you just wait long enough, uh, a lye bath will take off just about everything on your cast iron. Um, and then from there, again, all you have to do is season it, and you're good to go. So you could there, go on YouTube and find out about lye that way, probably, and use care and do exactly what they say and make maybe a weak bath so you're not you know, making the strongest lie bath you possibly could, just enough to do the job. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, YouTube has tons, hundreds, if not thousands of amateur videos out there uh, that are probably as good an education as you can get because they cover everything. Finding cast iron, identifying cast iron, restoring cast iron, and, of course, cooking with cast iron. So... What a resource. So I'm, we're just getting to about to the end of the show, but I wanted to uh, let people know once again that they should go to the Facebook group and join, ask questions, go on YouTube. If you really want to cook in a frugal way, it's pretty obvious that cast iron is one of your best friends that you could possibly have. So I want to thank Eric once again for coming on the show and talking so much about this wonderful cookware. Thank you very much for having me here. And, and yes, we do very much want you to come to our Facebook group. You will be welcomed in, in, with open arms in a very friendly environment. And one with an incredible amount of information. So check it out. It's easy to find. And uh, this is Annabelle Asher with the Frugal God Show checking out for this evening. We'll see you next time. Thank you very much.